We are so excited that you're here. We're excited to see what God's going to do today. And uh, I tell you, we are pumped. Last week was just a great week. I, I left super energized. Um, I left pumped up about Jesus and what he's doing in STS. I left excited to see what he's doing in Church of the Apostles. I'm I left excited to see what he's doing in your life. And today, I am in eager expectation to see how he moves within our midst and see how the Spirit moves uh, with us this morning. So I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Just two things uh, before we get started. Can I borrow someone's note sheet? Can I borrow that real, just real fast? Thanks so much. Um, this morning, we've given you all one of these. So if you have one of these in front of you, or under your seat, we want to. We want you to take this. This is yours. A lot of things are about this, and on the left side, on this left side here, is a place where you can take notes for this morning. We invite you to take notes. You will retain sixty percent more of the things that you hear this morning if you take notes. You are likely to remember about fifteen to twenty percent if you do not take notes. So we want to invite you to take notes this morning. Follow along with us and see what God has for you this morning. So we want you to take notes right here on the right side is sermon notes for this for this morning at church. Last week we had an overwhelming response of us sitting together at big church. We sat down front. We sat together as a family. I can't tell you the amount of people that came up to me and told me how awesome that was, how respectful you guys were, how much it added to our worship service. So we're going to do that this again this morning. We're going to let out about 10, 15, and we're going to head straight to our student section. It's already roped off. We want you to sit with us. We want to sit together. So let's don't miss this morning's opportunity to worship together as a group, worship together as a family, and STS just being together. If your parents say, well, I really want to sit with you this morning. I want you to sit with us. Invite your parents to come sit with us in our student section. You're more, they're more than welcome to. But this morning, don't be hidden in the shadows. Don't go up in the balcony. Don't go back. Let's sit together. And, and to help you focus, help you tune in, and help you listen to what Dr. Youssef has this morning, we have his sermon notes right here. And on the bottom, we have our announcements. This is what's going on in STS. So we, we, we have that for you. So here you go. Thank you so much for letting me borrow that. Um, I have one more thing. It'll come to me in a second, but that's okay. But I am uh, uh, excited to dive in the second part of our Made New series. Our Made New series. Last week, we talked about being a new creation. We went over 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And we really honed in on two words last week. Two words. Anybody know what those two words were? Anybody know? In Christ. In Christ. So we had two people that were taking notes. See, you got to take notes. We got to take notes. So we write those two words down, in Christ. So this morning, we're going to kind of dive deeper in this scripture. And we're really going to hang out on this scripture for a little while and really understand and try to grasp what it means to be made new. And over the next few weeks, we're really going to keep going through this series. We got about three more sessions in this. And so I'm really stoked that you're here. Don't miss any of them. And I invite your friends. This is it's, it's, it's so, so good. The Word of God is so good. And uh, we're going to dive in deep for this. A couple of years ago, there used to be a show that I love. I would go home. This was back before... Um, or back when they had night church. Anybody remember night church? I don't know if we, has, have we ever had night church here? I, I don't know, a few people. Sometimes, well, we used to have night church at the church I served at. And, and we would get done, and during this season, 
I would rush home as fast as I could. We'd go out to eat afterwards, and I was like, man, we got to get home. 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, we got to get home, got to get home. And I was on my couch, glued to the TV. It was just uh, Megan, Lily, and I, and I was glued to the TV, and I watched this, episode, these, this show all the time. I was zoned in. I loved this show so much, and it's called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Anybody ever seen Extreme Makeover Home Edition? <laughs> Most of the ladies are like, of course, and all the dudes are like, what? So, here's the deal. So it ran since like 2003 to 2012. I'm a little bummed it's not on anymore because it was a great show. But there was this guy named Ty Pennington. Ty was a really cool cat, you know. He was real hyper. He was wound up. He was really cool. I think he would have made a great youth pastor one day. I mean, he was just, he was in your face. He was all excited about construction and building these houses and making people's lives new. And, and it was just, he was so pumped up and passionate about, he, about what he does and what he did. He was just, he was excited. I think he's got some new shows now. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. But he, he was on this show. He was awesome. So he was pumped up, ready to go, raring. And, and all the show was was about was taking families who didn't really have a whole lot and they would they would really demolish the old house and make a new house I got a few examples this morning um, do we have those slides up Willie so this I know it's kind of hard to see but they would take a lot listen these people lived in the house above they would, they would take them, and, and these people were like sweet people. They might have adopted a bunch of kids, or they might have fallen, they might have a spouse who passed away, or a kid who was disabled, and they would do these things, and they would, they would love on these families, so they would take this house in the regular neighborhood, and they would take their lot, and they would transform it. I know it's grainy, and I get it, but, and they would turn it in, kind of close one eye and cover the other one, and you'll see it, and, and it's like, it's right there, so it's, it's pretty huge. So let's go to another one. We got another one up here. See... This actually happened in Georgia. This is in Lake City, Georgia. Uh, I, this is down south of, the, of Atlanta. I've, I've seen this house. I've driven by this house. It's still there. So they took this in the neighborhoods, just kind of a normal neighborhood, and they built, like, gone, and then how? I mean, it was like, it was huge. So we got another one, I think, Willie. Do we have it? And it's like, they, they took this farmhouse. I'm going to tune a guitar up here in a second. But they took like this farm-looking house, and they demolished, and they made this one. We got one more, I think. One more, maybe. Is that it? All right, here's another one. So they took this, boom, and then they made, I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful homes. And what they would do is they take that old house, because a lot of times that old house would have like bad wiring in it, or it would have like a, like, they couldn't kit, cook in the kitchen because the whole kitchen might explode because there was like a gas leak. I mean, it was like crazy, crazy stuff. There'd be asbestos or mold. It was, it was nuts. And what they would do is they would come in and they would take these, these huge cranes and bulldozers and just demolish that house, just push everything over and just like blow it up. Sometimes they literally, if there was a house like out in the middle of nowhere, they would blow the sucker up. It was awesome. And so they would blow it up and they'd come in in about a week. I think it was a week. They would come in and they'd build a new house and they'd build something that was just beautiful. It was just so, so cool. They would, but here's the deal. They would do it on their property. They wouldn't put them in a new property. They would put them in their old property, and they would build that up. And I would sit on my couch. There was one moment, if you've ever seen the show, kind of towards the end, and it was the big reveal. And what they would do is they would put the family behind this big, huge tour bus. 
And Ty would be pumping them up and the crowd would be screaming all crazy. And then all it's like, three, two, one, they'd go, move that bus. And then the bus would move and everybody would cry and I would be sitting on the couch like going. <clears throat> Megan's like, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. <clears throat> I'm good. <clears throat> I'm good. And they'd be crying and screaming, falling on the ground and just like all excited. And I'm just, I'm sitting on the couch like. It's just awesome, man. It's just awesome. It got me every single time. And we've all watched shows like Extreme Home Makeover. We've all seen these things. And, and it's, not about the, it's not about the stuff, really. It really isn't. I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool that they demolished the house and they got a new one. But it's the whole concept of the show. They took a family who was in need and they replaced their house. They, they, they built it on their property. They, 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 they demolished the old and put a new house up and built it right where they were. And the stories behind it were gripping. And you would sit there and watch and just be excited about for the family. You would be excited to what possibilities they would have in this. And, it, and we, we watch these shows and we get, we get gripped because we hear the stories and we see the shows. And honestly, deep down, a lot of us wish that would happen to us. A lot of us wish that we, something like that, something huge like that would happen to us. Because most of us, a lot of us, some of us have this void in our hearts that we're trying to fill with other things. And we try to fill this, this happiness void, this, this void of, of incompleteness. With, with drugs and alcohol and friends and sex and, and lust and all this other stuff. And we try to fill it in, in this hole in our hearts. And that's not how God created it. That's not what God wants. That's not what God wants you to fill this, this void in your heart. And we look at this verse and we read through it last week and we see this in Christ. And that's what, G, that's what God wants for us for us to live in Christ. But the tension is, how do we do that? How do we grasp being in Christ? Well, I think that takes us looking into the rest of the verse. I think that takes us diving a little deeper into the rest of this verse and really dissecting it, breaking it apart, putting it back together, walking out of here going, I get it, I understand. And from here on out, this week, something's gonna be different. So that's my prayer. And in fact, I want to pray for you right now as we dive on in the scripture. Can we do that? God, I love you. And I thank you for each and every student that's here. I thank you for what you're going to do in this place this morning. And I thank you for what you've already done. We are made new in you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us now as we dive in your word. Speak to us now as we, as we look to see what you have for us because, God, you have something big for us this morning. Let us not miss it. God, I pray that we're not a distraction to our friend to our right or to our left. God, I pray that we're focused in on your word because God, this no mistake that each and every student is here this morning. It's no mistake that each and every adult is here this morning. You have something to speak to us today about. So Lord, move freely. Come in our lives. Talk to us. Wreck us. God, make us more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you have your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, if you have, not your phone, but if you have a Bible, could you hold it up? Let me see it. Let me just see real Bibles in the house this morning. Oh man, y'all are on it this morning. Check it out. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you're using a digital Bible on your phone, turn to 2 Corinthians or, or scroll to 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you don't have a Bible this morning, we would love to give you a Bible this morning. So if you don't have a Bible, you just throw your hand up. We'll, we'll give you a Bible. You can take that home. That's your Bible. You can have that forever, and you can take that home with you, our gift to you. And we're, just know, if you come in this place on Sundays or Wednesdays, I promise you, you'll use your Bible. So we want you to bring those two uh, to STS every time that you can. 2 Corinthians 5.17. For those of you who have your scripture and those of you who have it on your phone will also have it on the screen. This, this version is from the NIV 84, one of my favorite versions of scripture. And it says this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone, the new has come. Now last week, we said this together. And last week, we joined together and we read this out loud. And so I'm going to try that. Vic, can I sit next to you this morning? Man, y'all y'all say, hey, Vic. Y'all need to get to know Vic. Vic's pretty awesome. So Vic, I <laughs> got a little choked up sitting next to you. <clears throat> now, here's the deal. We're going to say this together. Everybody behind us and beside us is going to say this out loud. But we're going to kind of lead the charge, all right? You ready? I got you. You got me. I got you. Hey, Daniel's ready. This is like, like a muscle sandwich right here. Muscle on left and right, and you're just stuck in the middle. Man, man. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All right, so we, all, we got about a quarter of us who listened last week. 25. That's very good. That's that North Cobb Christian coming out right there, baby. So check it out. Now. All right, let's try it again. See that, see that thing at the accent mark at the end? It's been a while since I've been in school, but see the accent? So when you see an exclamation point, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to get lit. That's what I'm talking about. Supposed to get lit up in here, right? And I like how you pronounce that, lit. Lit. It's not lit. It's lit. Lit. All right, so here we go. Let's try it again. You ready? If anyone is... That was close. That was close. 98%. 98%. 98%. We're, we're looking for that 100%, right? 100. 100. 100. We got to keep it 100, like the emoji. Here we go. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We got it right here. That's what I'm talking about. Man, the passion, the excitement, the old is gone, the new has come. And so as we talk about this, I, I hope I, you have one. I stole, I stole the vacant seat, so I'm going to keep that. But here's the deal. Well, let's break this down. We talked about in Christ last week. We talked about what it means to be in Christ, that everything, our hope, our joy, our peace, our passion, everything comes from being in Christ. If we're believers in Christ, all that stuff flows through Christ in us. So if anyone is in Christ, so if we were to put parentheses, if anyone believe, is a believer in Christ, if anyone is a Christian, a true Christian, not says they're a Christian, not, not just that Sunday morning, Wednesday night Christian, not that, that Easter and Christmas Christian, it's a true Christian. Christ has come in and you are a little Christ. There's, you are made new. Now check this out. He is a new 
creation. Write that word down, those two words down, new creation. Let's talk about that for a second. New creation. New creation, mean, meaning regeneration or new birth. Regeneration or new birth. Write that down. New creation. This is what Jesus and Nicodemus were talking about in John chapter 3. Nicodemus, a judge, comes and talks to Jesus. This guy who's really smart comes to Jesus at night and asks him all these questions. What's it take for a person to, to get to the kingdom? And Jesus says, you gotta be made new. You gotta be reborn. You gotta, you gotta have a, a rebirth. And, and Nicodemus is like, whoa now, that's just, whoa, slow down, Jesus. And Jesus explains this and really just dials this out in chapter three of, of John. It is so huge. I love John chapter three. And he explains it. And that's where we get 316 from. And, and, and it's just so, so good. And so he talks about this. He talks about this, this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. Whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life, that new birth. New birth, but how do you have that new birth? So he's a new creation. Somebody say, the old is gone. Somebody say, the old is gone. Write that down, the old is gone. I love a way uh, another translation says this. The old things have passed away. Passed away. Meaning, the old things, the old life is dead. Dead. Passed away. Gone. The reality of sin is still around. The reality of transgressions and iniquity still come at us. Temptations still come at us. But the reality that we're a new creation and the old is gone, and the, the, the old is gone, the old is dead, it's passed away, it's no longer around, puts a new perspective on sin. It throws a new curveball at when we see this temptation, we go, oh, that's temptation. I'm going to fall into sin if I don't guard my heart and if I'm not spending time with Jesus, if I'm not in the word, if I'm not talking to God, if I'm not holding his hand, if I'm not working on my relationship with Christ, I'm more tempted and I'm more, or excuse me, I'm more apt to fall down when that temptation comes. And so we have to focus in on the fact that the old is gone. It's dead. It's not around anymore. It's dead. It's gone. And we don't bring it back up. And we'll talk about that in a second. We, we, don't, we don't rehash it. But Paul says the old is gone. And then he gives this exclamation that I feel like if he was sitting down writing this letter out to the church of Corinth, he'd get excited. He'd start standing up. He's like, the new has come. And when, when you see when you see abbreviate, or if you see these, uh, these accent points at the end of words in Scripture, they're there for a reason. And when you see this exclamation point, the new has come. Someone say, the new has come. The new has come. Come on, say, the new has come. The new has come. Man, that's what it's about. The new has come. And for the believer, write that down, the new has come. You're a new creation. He makes all things new. And when he comes in our lives, our perspective changes about sin 
And we don't look at sin as, yes, we gotta, we gotta satisfy this, this nature in our hearts. We see that Jesus feels that newness has come, that cross-shaped hole that we have is, is filled by the cross in our hearts. And our perspective changes because we're not looking and living for temporary things. We're looking and living for eternity. We're looking past the now. And we're looking towards the cross. We're looking towards heaven through the cross. And we, when we think about the new has come, it reminds me of Extreme Home Makeover. I love that show. I really do. I'm serious. That was, that was awesome. I wonder if it's on, we need to check and see if it's on Hulu or Netflix. I, I just, we got to check. But it's good. But the thing I love about it the most <laughs> is that they didn't put the family on another property. They demolished the house that their property was on and they built them a brand new one. And so when Jesus comes in to your life, he doesn't put you aside. He uses the creation that he has created and makes this creation new. And he makes it alive. And he makes it having a life worth living. And that's what God does for us in his gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Now this morning, we came in here and we, we had worship and it was awesome worship and man, we just we are blessed to have such a great student praise band and it, it's just, man, it's just good stuff. But, but Nathan read a verse this morning that was just, it was really, really cool because Nathan, unbeknownst to him, was actually, Nate, where are you, Nate? That verse was where we're going right now in the talk. So I, when I think about what God does and I think about how he weaves and how he moves in, in things, I, I think about how awesome he is and how good he is and how majestic he is and how sovereign he is and he's in it in this time. And, and I was thinking about this verse, Ephesians chapter two, write this down. Ephesians chapter two, verses three and four. Ephesians chapter two, verses three and four. I want to show you an illustration this morning. Maybe kind of put a visual into what will happen. Check this out. All of us lived among them at one time. All of us. Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Listen, listen, listen. And following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. This conjunction is huge. This conjunction, if this conjunction wasn't there, the rest of the verse would just blow it up. This conjunction is strong, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And even though we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And I think about this, hugeness. Because when we were born, when you were born, you were born with a sin nature. You were born with the Adamic nature that comes from Adam. 
That's where the word damn comes from, to condemn to hell. That's what that word means. And so we were born with the Adamic nature. Make sure you write that out if you're taking notes. Don't like just write the word damn and then roll on. Write the definition to condemn to hell. I don't want your parents to look at that and go, whoa, what's going on in SDS? We were born with a sin nature. So this is, this is the kind of illustration. We were born with a sin nature. Borrow this for a second. And we're born not, not with the righteous things. And so we grow up. And it's, it's because we have the sin nature in us. Everybody said bless you. Now, <laughs> we're born with this. We live life and we try to create things for ourselves. We try to make things good for ourselves. We try to, try to fill, our, fill our hearts up and our lives up with stuff and it's not enough. And then when Jesus comes in and when he's, he, makes, he makes us new, he makes us alive, he makes us right with him, he takes away our sin, he takes away our guilt, and he makes us new and he makes us clear because that's how we were supposed to be from the beginning. That's how it was supposed to be. But he makes us new. And so many times we try to sin. But because of what God has done in our lives, he's made us new. And we keep messing up and we keep bringing these things in. But God, he lives in us and he's forgiven us. And he doesn't want us to keep doing this. He wants the relationship to stay pure. He wants the relationship to stay holy. And that's what God does in our lives. When all things are gone, the old things are gone, the old life is gone, and he has made us new, we are not supposed to look the same because we are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we need to live in that truth. We need to live in that reality. Let me read that verse one more time. Second Corinthians, or excuse me, Ephesians. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. If we were to be honest, if you know Jesus one time before you knew Christ, man, you were living for yourself. You were living for yourself. And that's where sin comes from, selfishness. Like the rest, we were, <laughs> we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, if you've, got, if you've got your Bible and you've got a pen, you need to circle those two words, but and God, who is rich in mercy, who is rich in mercy, rich in holding back what we deserve, rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace, his mercy and grace. And my prayer for you guys this week 
is that you would grasp this. For those of you, listen to me. For those of you who say you're a believer in this house this morning, if you say you're a Christian, stop holding on to the past. Stop holding on to that sin that so easily entangles and let go. Christ lives in you and he wants to make you new. And it's not like if you mess up, you have to go and say, God, I need to be saved again. No, 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 no. You say, God, I need your forgiveness. And God has already forgiven you. Your sin is cast as far as the east is from the west. But when we ask for forgiveness, we're coming realization in our own hearts that we are sinful and we need help. And we are sinful and we, are, we need our creator to move and breathe and live within us so he can come out and breathe and move from us. And so for some of us this morning, we need to let go of the old. The old is gone. And the new has come. But for some of you, you've never experienced this. You've never experienced the fact that the old is gone. Seriously, the old is gone and the new has come. New life has come and you need that new life. And you come in here and you sit in your seat and you just listen or you sit in your seat and you play on your phone or you doodle because you don't want to hear anything because you want to keep doing what your old life wants to keep doing. And you want to stay in that moment but God has something bigger for you. He has eternity. He has new life and so this morning I want to just take a moment and just pray and just can we just take a moment where we can bow our heads and close our eyes there's nothing magical there's nothing it's just a moment where we can just get focused if you're new with us we don't do this all the time but well we take a moment just to just to kind of get focused just for a minute no one's looking around let this moment just be for you and God And you might be sitting there and I want you to ask this one question. I want you to pray this one question to God. It's real simple. I'll kind of guide you through this. This is it's real easy. Nothing magical. But God is so truthful, he will answer you if you truly ask this question. So I dare you. I double dog dare you. As you sit there with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I'm Maybe you just ask God, God, how are we doing? God, what's standing in the way of me and you right now? God, is my life glorifying you? And for the believer in this moment, if you ask God truly, God, what's standing in the way or what sins, what, what, what selfishness, what pride, what, what lust, what, what arrogance, what whatever. Insert sin here. God will be faithful and answer you because he wants you to live in perfect unity with him. He really does. That's what he wants. That is his desire. So maybe he's answered you this morning. As you sit there, no one's looking around. I'm gonna ask that you please respect that. But if you're a believer in this house this morning, I wanna ask if I might have the opportunity to pray for you. If that's you and you say, Ryan, I'm, there's some stuff I gotta get rid of to make things right. Would you just pray 
pray for me. Listen, it's not a works-based salvation. It's not, this isn't what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. Don't confuse it. This is making our relationship right with Christ. The old is gone. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but these temptations, these struggles, you keep chasing after them, and you need to let go, and you need just a simple prayer. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? Be honest. Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. No one's looking around. Thank you. Thank you. I'm praying for you. I promise. So many, so many lifting their hands. Thank you. You can put your hands down. You say, Ryan, how can you remember? I can remember right where you're sitting. And tomorrow and this week, I'm going to come in here and pray. And I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to pray for you where you sit. But there are some in here this morning who when you say, God, what's standing in the way of me and you? Two things happen. One, a response isn't there. Or the call of the Holy Spirit saying today is the day of salvation. You need to accept me today. And that old life that's Ryan's been talking about it needs to be gone and the new life needs to come and that doesn't need to wait. It needs to happen today. You need to be made new. And for some of you, that's that tension. The enemy right now is on an attack mode. If you're a believer in Christ, you need to be praying for your friends that someone might be saved in this place with a crowd this big. There's a good chance that someone needs to know Jesus today and doesn't need to walk out of here confused. Even worse, not a brother or sister in Christ. So if you say, Ryan, I, I need that salvation, there's not a magical prayer. I've searched the scriptures. There's not a magical prayer that you pray to ask God to save you. But scripture does say in Romans that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You understand that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, his son, and it's not something that you go and you put all this stuff, all your sin, all your transgression, all your iniquity at the cross. No, 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 no. You just stretch out your hand and say, God, I need you and I want you. I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. I'm a sinful lady. I'm a sinful boy. I'm a sinful girl. And I know you are Lord and I want you to be the Lord in my life. And you might pray something like that in your own words. And you might say, God, I believe that your son Jesus rose from the dead because you're so faithful and Jesus is so true that I might have life. And so you might sit there this morning and say, God, come into my life. Make me new. Make me a new creation. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes. And at that moment, there's a big, huge party in heaven because there's a new believer in Christ. And that this morning, God, you, you saved someone. And so no one's looking around. This, this is a holy moment. I just want to ask. No one's looking around. This is... I just want to ask, I want to see if there's anyone. Did anyone pray and ask God to save them this morning? If that's you, would you lift your hand up? 
Awesome. Someone else, amen, anyone else? Awesome, first time. This isn't one of those things where you've messed up and you need to ask forgiveness. No, 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 this is the first time you've asked God to save you. Anyone else? Lift your hand up, keep them hold. Anyone else? No one's looking around, anyone else? Awesome. If you have your hand up, would you look at me? No one else is looking at me. If you, if you have your hand up, would you just look me right in the eyes? Did you mean it? That's awesome. Did you mean it? That's awesome. Did you mean it? That's awesome. First time. First time. First time. Here's the deal. God has a huge plan for you, ladies. Look at me. Look at me right in the eyes. God has a huge plan for you. And in this moment, he wants you to, to, to understand that he has a plan that's bigger than you can ever imagine. And I'm so super proud of you. So can I ask for, I'm not meaning to embarrass you. I don't want to embarrass you. And this isn't what it's meant to embarrass you. But there's a huge party going on in heaven right now, like a huge, fat, humongo party going on. But we want to rejoice with the angels. And so could I ask y'all to come, come here? Could you come up? If you mean it, come on. You don't have to. I'm not trying to embarrass you. There's nothing embarrassing in this. Awesome. Awesome. That's okay. That's all right. Awesome. Awesome. What happens when, don't look yet, we have some sisters in Christ, and that's good. You need to be praying for them. What happens is that new life comes. Sometimes it's tough to get rid of the old life. Sometimes it's hard to let go. But new life comes, and he makes us new. He makes us alive, and decisions are made. Maybe you, maybe you just needed a fresh start this morning, and that's what's happened, and that's awesome too. So just in a second, I'm going to pray for my sister in a second, there's going to be an eruption of excitement in this place. And then I'm going to have some adults talk to y'all, okay? And it's going, to, it's, just a, it's going to be a good day. Caroline and Anna are going to talk to y'all, and it's just going to be good stuff. So, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for my sisters. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for those who prayed and didn't come forward. That's okay. That's, that doesn't mean their salvation is null. God, you've made them alive, and I ask that you bless them. I pray that you bless my sisters here. And God, I pray that this morning, those who are struggling with things, getting rid of stuff, God, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them and remind them that they are made new in you. So Lord, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you adoration. And we lift your name on high. And we praise you in this moment. And it's in Jesus' name. Can we rejoice with the angels in heaven this morning? Come on, come on, man. That's good, good stuff. Come on, come on. Let's rejoice with the angels. Come on, man. People got, come on, stand up. Come on, this is a party, man. This is good stuff. Man, if you can't get excited about this, this is big stuff. Listen, this student ministry is for you. STS is for y'all. And if we can't get excited about salvation, I don't know. We can't get excited about football games. We can't get excited about basketball games because this is the best and biggest thing that's ever happened and ever will happen in salvation.
Amen? 